Welcome to The Other Side of 40. My name is April Grant, and I'm here to help women make positive changes with their lives after the age of 40. Let The Other Side of 40 become your community to find inspiration and support to start the next chapter of your life. All right, welcome to another episode of The Other Side of 40. Um, Today we welcome Dr. Jameson Mercier, who is a licensed clinical social worker who focuses on relationships. And I wanted to bring him on to talk a little bit about the Will and Jada Pinkett Smith situation, but not really the gossip side of um, what's going on with August, but more the dynamic between the couple. Will and Jada have been married for 23 years, and I just wanted to dig a little deeper into what makes a couple break up and what brings them back together. So can you introduce yourself and give us a little bit more about yourself, doctor? Sure, sure. Uh, Thank you, first of all, for inviting me on uh, to have this timely conversation. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. My name is uh, Jameson Marcier, and I am a doctor of marriage and family therapy. Um, so my niche, my, my couple tea, my cup of tea, not couples tea, is um, focusing on couples, um, systems, relationships, um, and, and taking couples from places of, I guess you can say, despair, hopelessness maybe and just infusing little things to let them see that you can get um, beyond it you can get through it you can get past it Um, because it's hard to see that when you are in the middle of it right and and so that's the thing that I enjoy doing Um, my wife and I we operate a private practice and so we just we figure out a way to make it work all right um, so like I was, as the audience of my podcast knows, um, we had our own, I've been married 13 years and my husband and I had our own struggles, uh, which we're still working through. Um, we started at the beginning of last year and there was a point in time where the D word was on the table, mm-hmm. um, where we were going to, I was done. I was more of the done party. Um, and we went to therapy and it brought us back together. So when I looked at Will and Jada, I didn't see a lot of things that other people saw. I saw a couple that has been together a very long time who got together at a very young age and just struggled for a while. And now they're trying to figure out exactly what their relationship looks like on the other side of that struggle. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, the dynamics of like long-term relationships and how this could even happen? So, so sure. Um, what I'll also say, in addition to what you just said, is my wife and I also, we've been together 13 years. So you're in 07. Yep. Yeah. So April made us 13 years. Okay. We're January. Awesome. And so... Um, And similar in your case, um, we also at one point were looking at divorce. So I get what you're saying. And it wasn't necessarily because anyone did anything to anyone. 
life just has a way of uh, showing up in your life and just messing your stuff up all kinds of ways, right? Right. Um, and we um, and we talk about this on our podcast, so this is not any kind of secret. Um, uh, it's on our website, so it, it, it's it's more of a way to show people exactly what you're saying. That after you've been together for a while, these things do happen. Also, to your point about when people get together young, you don't really know who you are and what you want and where you're going. And so you buddy up with someone and things go good for a while. But once you begin to know who you are and then you realize that this buddy of yours doesn't fit the mold for where you're going, that's where the work starts. Yes, that's. Yeah, that's where the work starts. And you only get to that point after being together for a while. You have to do some of the growing. So to your question about um, being together long term and how that happens. um, So in, in, in our case, you know, so you have kids or you have businesses or you have school, you just kind of focus on so many other things. Um, and there are many aspects of the marriage that get neglected, you know. Um, and when we look at Will and Jada, we see two very um, busy people, okay, very busy people um, doing, doing a lot of things. Maybe they want to, maybe they're, they have to for whatever for their work or job and whatever the case is, but that takes a toll on the marriage. Right. Well, from what I understand or what I've read over the years, you know, Will's career completely took off, which was obviously wonderful financially. Mm-hmm. But with that, as a woman, which a lot of women do, Jada purposely took a back seat to raise the family, to grow the family. And you start to feel, which is kind of where August came into play, at least partially, you start to feel unwanted or unneeded in the relationship. And then you seek that attention elsewhere. And it's hard because you tell your spouse, I need attention. And they're like, well, I'm giving you everything, right? Mm -hmm. We've got a great house. We've got some great kids. Mm, Everything, great life. Everything looks wonderful. So why why is that not enough? (laughs) You know, the thing is, when we start talking about needs, you know, um, People will give us what they think we need, mm. you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when someone's husband or wife is talking about feeling unwanted or unneeded, um, it, it, it isn't that they're not getting that. It isn't that they're not getting the attention. It's, it, it, it's more about not getting it in a way that will resonate with them. Right. You know, I think I saw a clip of of uh, Will and Jada. This wasn't about this whole saga, but it was about her birthday. Oh, okay. And he, he talked about how for his birthday, he went all out and he did all of this stuff for her. And he did some kind of documentary video, hired a crew and everything because he felt that's what she needed right. to celebrate her birthday. When in actuality, what she wanted was none of that. And more about a quiet celebration, more about just family. Right. And so here he is going all out 
but it's not connecting, right? There's a lot of misfiring. It's not, it's not landing like he would like it to, like she thinks she needs. Right. And so the, the, the way to address that is really to talk about what those needs are and how we need to have them met. You know, otherwise we might as well be from two different planets. Now, I'm personally a fan of the five love languages, um, and I've talked about it on a previous episode, uh, and the whole purpose of the book is we all have a language of love that makes us feel wanted or needed, and often we talk to the other person in our own love language. So it to help people understand what that means is if I speak French and the other person speaks English, it's me speaking to them in French instead of trying to speak to them in English. So they don't really understand what I'm saying, even though they could, they can look and see that everything that I'm doing is like great and grandiose and loving. They have not a clue of what I'm, I'm saying, nor do they, does it resonate with them in Mm -hmm. understanding what you know, what they're trying to do. So um, have, is that a book that you recommend? Um, what's your experience with it? I do actually. And my wife and I, when we started out um, and we did some premarital counseling and even from time to time, we sit and talk about it. We used that book. Our therapist referenced um, the five love languages and just figuring out, you know, how to connect with this person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with because that's um that's important and you know what's interesting so the individual who feels like um their needs are not being met or they're not being communicated to in a way that 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 will connect with them Mm -hmm. there can be an element of guilt in that because like you said you know you can feel like we have this great life. We were doing good. He or she obviously loves me. Maybe I should not feel this way. Yes. And that has its own problems because, you know, you can't tell people not to feel what they feel. Yeah. Well, that actually resonates with me because um, when we had our oldest daughter, I stayed home. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I had a husband, I was, I was blessed to have a husband, was able to take care of everything except for I didn't feel heard. And I definitely had that guilt of asking him for more because I know he was working a lot to take care of us, to make sure food was on the table, a roof over our head, and to then have feel unfulfilled. It was like, how fair is it for me to put this burden on him because he's doing all these things? And then, but it got to the point where I just had to. I mean, if we wanted to survive, I had to tell him that it wasn't enough right. and we for needed sake, to, for the sake of the marriage. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you know, that, that's a similar, similar story uh, in my situation. Um, while I was in school, my wife was a breadwinner. Mm. Okay. So she was providing while I was in school, but I was aware that she still has her own life and dreams and goals to achieve, but she put that on the back burner to support the family. Yeah. And so at the end of my schooling and graduating, and she tells this story better than I could. She says she wakes <laughs> up one day and she doesn't even know um, what her favorite color is. She doesn't even know who she is because she's been in this role, in this capacity for so long. And yeah. despite me saying, hey, babe, how are you doing? 
Are you good with the way things are? What do you need? She would always tell me she's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I resonate with that too. I mean, I, so my, my background's in law. So the whole, I had, you know, a legal career on the horizon and I became a stay-at-home mom and I don't regret it at all. But at the same time, it was, you know, you have that own, your own guilt of like, well, should I really pursue it? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have the opportunity to just be a mom. And then by the end, no, I couldn't tell you favorite color, favorite food. I mean, and I'm still figuring it out. I mean, this is a year and a half later and I'm still trying to figure out people, you know, we're in this whole world of self-care and it Mm -hmm. sounds really good. Yeah. But what does that really mean? But what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. And I'm still trying to figure out what that means because I like getting my nails done, but does that mean I consider that self-care because I don't particularly feel more fulfilled? I mean, my nails don't chip, but (laughs) I don't feel- What does it really mean? What is that whole self-care thing? And you're right. It's different things for different people. Right. And if we we just kind of apply that to um, the whole Will and Jada saga, it's possible that she and she being Jada was, might have neglected herself in this in this system yeah you know i could easily see how everything would be about her husband yeah so you this is the second time you've mentioned the word system can you explain to us a little bit more about what you mean by system uh okay so in in my doctoral studies um the area that i focus in is what we call relationship systems and so Um, In a nutshell, a family, a relationship is a system. And so there are dynamics and there are ways that people operate within a system, within a relationship, and they drive and pull and influence other dynamics within that relationship. Um, And so when I say system, I simply mean the dynamics of that relationship. Okay. Now, there are overlapping systems, okay? So there's, for example, uh, Will and Jada and the kids. That's one system. And then there's uh, Jada, the kids, and let's just say her career. You know what I mean? And then there's uh, there's Jada, Will, and and August, right? That's another triad, right? And so- they can easily overlap. And if you change one, it causes the whole system to shift. Oh, okay. So you mean like when you really think of it, when you have an impact on the children or we'll say August, since that's where this all came from, the introduction of him change could change easily the, the dynamics, even between Jada and her children. Oh, absolutely. Not that it can, it does. Okay. It does because, so one simple way I I explain it, if you're sitting at a table um, with three people, a round table, let's say, Mm -hmm. three people at a round table and then a fourth person comes to sit, we just kind of naturally adjust our position to make room. Mm, That's a good visual. Right. We recognize that we shift and change. And so... No, And if you don't adjust, right, someone else might have to adjust a little more, right? Um, right. It isn't always an equal spacing between it. 
Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. So what, what are some suggestions for couples who are really trying to go the distance to make sure that um, they can either avoid the pitfalls or um, because I know we talk a lot about communication, Mm -hmm. but again, it goes back to, you know, it's a great key word like self-care, but what do you, what does communication mean and how do you, get that message across to your partner in a way that they hear it and feel it and understand it. So you can go the distance and you don't have to have these, um, uh, how do you, you know, having other people be a part of the, the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So this will sound, uh, this will sound bad. Let me just say that. But sometimes, (laughs) So sometimes you may need other people in the relationship or as part of this system. Now, I don't necessarily okay. mean romantically, but right. for example, I am someone who enjoys the outdoors. I okay. love it. And my wife is not particularly fond of the outdoors. <laughs> okay. So if, if that's where I go to recharge and go to spend some free time, I'm not going to invite my wife because I know she doesn't enjoy it. You know, she okay. needs her spas and hotels and that's fine. We can do that too. But if I want someone to communicate to about that, it has to be someone else. Gotcha. Okay. It gets complicated if I feel I can't communicate my emotions to my wife and then I seek someone else to have that, com- that relationship, that conversation with, that's, that's different. But if I'm talking about, you know, hunting deer or camping and hiking um that that's something i can communicate with someone else and and that's a relatively safe thing to do with someone else if you get my drift yeah so i mean of course you you're gonna set clear boundaries um with that but it sounds like sometimes you need that other person to um just bond with so you can still fulfill part of this other part of your life that your partner mm-hmm. doesn't actually want to be a part of. I mean, that's really or, what it down to. Yeah. No. And, and you know what? So early on in my marriage, I, I realized, and maybe this was because of being a clinician as well. One of the things that we do is we put, um, we put a lot of pressure on our partners, on our husbands and our wives. We expect them to be all that we need. And there's no way in hell that they can do that. Pardon my French. No, no, go for it. <laughs> there, there, there's no way. And so wives feel this and husbands feel that. They, um, something real funny. I remember saying to my wife, I, I'm your husband. I don't know if I can be your best friend because you need different things from your best friend, you know? I see my wife and her best friends. They're on the phone all day. They're texting. They're just back and forth. They're on the phone and not even talking. I'm not that guy. Right. I can't be that. And if I'm forcing it, I'm miserable. Mm. Well, that's a, that's a definitely interesting side uh, conversation because we go back and forth. I love my husband to death. I would not consider him my best friend. And And that's um, okay. And 
but you see, and it's hard to express that because a lot of women say, oh, my husband's my best friend. We do everything together. And I'm like, yeah, we do some things together. And, you know, we try to do more things together, but they're quite frankly, you know, he's much more outdoorsy. He's much more likely to go to the beach than I am Mm -hmm. and hang out there all day. I will go to the beach and sit there for 20 minutes and, you know, just kind of start looking around and say, (laughs) how long we got to be here? Um, And I'm ready to go. So um, it makes it hard because you want to have activities you do together, but there's only a couple that we actually really enjoy doing together. Most activities we do separately. Yeah. And that, and that is okay. And the, the fun could even be just trying new things, not putting any expectation that we have to just, let's see if we like this. Let's see if we like that. And then Mm. if we do, we do, if not, we don't. Yeah. I mean, we just, we actually just did that last weekend. Um, He got a puzzle for us Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Just something different. It wasn't based on, you know, us doing puzzles or us talking about doing puzzles. It was, let's try something that we could just do together that neither one of us have an attachment to and see if we enjoy it. And so far, so good. I mean, the puzzle's not done. I mean, it was 750 pieces, so we got a long way to go. (laughs) But um, It it may not even be about finishing it, right? It's just the time together. Oh, no. Yeah, we had a great conversation and it was about teamwork. So even in finishing the puzzle, we had two totally different ways of doing it. He found um, spots of the puzzle that he really enjoyed, like Mm -hmm. he could he could visualize all the pieces and putting it together. And I'm an edge girl. So the first thing I did was pick all the edge pieces out and put the edges together. And he's like, well, I'm not sure we're working together. I was like, are we getting the puzzle done? And he's like, yes. I was like, then we're working together. The puzzle's moving in a forward direction. I'm not arguing with you over pieces. You're, you know, we're both doing it. So, And, and, And when couples can allow each other, to operate in their gifts, right? So that's kind of what we're saying here. Things will be, generally will be okay. Yeah. You know, one one of the things we say here in my house is, you know what, babe, that's your department. Ah, uh, okay? yeah. That's your department. You handle that. You just let me know what, how much and when, you know. Um, <laughs> or you handle that too and just let me know. Okay, I'm more of a numbers guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And some things I care more about than others but and then she'll say baby I don't know nothing about that you handle that and I have to be okay I have to be okay with the outcome because it's her department Mm, yeah okay that's good that's good so so to some of the 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 question you asked and we kind of went off on a tangent yes yes you were talking about avoiding the pitfalls right yes um so I don't know that we can avoid the pitfalls Oh, okay. And and I know people talk about that. And that statement on its face puts a lot of pressure on couples. It isn't about avoiding the pitfalls. It's about how we navigate them. Because pitfalls will come your way and you're not even moving. Mm. Okay. So for many couples, COVID is a major pitfall. It's a major issue. And they ain't do a damn thing to to deserve it one way or the other. Right. So now I've I've heard the stories about people questioning their relationships during COVID. Oh yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. But if the plan was for you to avoid the pitfalls and, you know, you've done okay avoiding them, now you have no skills to navigate COVID. Interesting. So I tell couples, it's, it's not about avoiding them. It's not about being perfect. Let's, let's throw that out the window because you're going to mess up. It's how do we navigate it? And, and so how do we communicate about it? How do we step back and say, well, what happened here? Where did we, what did we miss? I, I heard this. Is that what you said? Um, because that's how we go the distance. It's not by avoiding pitfalls. You're going to have them. It's navigating through them. That, I mean, that's pretty powerful because I, you know, I never even thought about that, um, even dealing with our own things. But I do see how, I mean, for the most part, we, my husband phrases it as we were in a basically high stress level for most of our relationship until mm-hmm. about five years ago. Um, between financial issues, family issues, it was just a lot going on. And until about five years ago was the first time we could really just sit and be with each other. And then by then we didn't really know how to communicate with each other. So um, a lot of things went unsaid and it got to the point, breaking point for me that I was like, I I need something and this isn't working. So, um, and I say all of that to say, we did not have the tools to navigate through pitfalls at all because we weren't, dealing with any of them all of our pitfalls or all of our uh, familial situations were almost all external issues and not issues between us right right but they were affecting your relationship right so you're part of that system and so yeah i mean even even if something happens to your neighbor it's going to have some influence on you you know, we watch movies. Some people are watching this whole, uh, you know, Will and Jada story and they turn to their husband or their wife and they're like, and then they get into a fight about it and it has absolutely nothing to do with them. And they're being influenced by something they're seeing on a screen that's totally removed from them. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, so we're constantly being influenced by, by the things that um, happen around us. Yes. Uh, on, on that note, I've heard several couples with the BLM movement, um, Black Lives Matter, mm. and couples really digging in to um, the subject and being on opposite sides and wondering whether or not their relationship can last because yeah. they are on completely opposite sides of the issue and um, they just don't know if they can see the other person's neither one can see the other side side of the argument. So it happens. It happens. And that's a case where, you know, you don't even need to see or agree with me. I think if we respect each other's positions, we can, we can, we can get somewhere just from that alone. And I think that's what it is for, especially something as emotionally charged as Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can respect the other side's position because they're so dug into their side yeah, of the yeah. argument that they can't. Um, so navigating, don't avoid the pitfalls, navigate them. 
what else did you see watching them, uh, Will and Jada, uh, kind of discuss this that would be helpful to anyone who's in a long-term relationship? What else did you see? So one thing that I, I saw or was reminded of watching it, um, so in many relationships, there isn't a, a space or the relationship is not a, a space for, for mistakes. Hmm. And if you're not able to make mistakes within your marriage, then you're not going to grow. Okay. So call it a mistake, call it, I don't know, call it whatever you want, but in a marriage, especially one that's going to go the distance, um, you need to feel like, I need to feel like within my marriage that one mistake is not the end of my marriage. Mm. And I think watching them, they've gotten to a point where they, they are ride or die. Right. I think I can say watching them that they allow each other to make mistakes. They, they don't hold it against each other that they messed up because that's part of who that person is that you profess to love and want to be with. So you got to be with them in their good and the mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was definitely something we had um, when we in the, in the roughest part um, of our relationship, you know, we had some really deep discussions and there was a point where I said, well, if I just went out and was with someone else, what would happen? He's like, I'd get a divorce. And I'm like, so basically we had 12 years of a great marriage and then I'd make, I'd go do one thing and you would consider that over. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And then therapy has helped. I mean, granted, I'm not doing anything, but (laughs) I just, I just found it profound that one mistake after 12, I mean, technically we've been together at the time, 17 years of, you know, faithfulness of being here, of dealing with the kids and him and everything. And it's like, if I were to do that, the first, your first reaction would be, it's over. Mm -hmm. And and you know, what's interesting about just that example, right? People and that example in all, any example we can come up with, Mm -hmm. a lot of spouses are afraid to say that even if they do believe that they wouldn't end it, but they don't want to say that because then it's almost like a license uh, to go and do that. Ah, so even if they, they didn't really believe they would end it, they didn't want to say it's okay because they don't want you to know that they don't want, they don't want you to go out and have an entanglement. Right. Right. They don't (laughs) want you to know that because that, that would hurt, you know? And so, you know, when, you know, when I'm sitting, I'm thinking about this, I said, well, then it's a conditional love. Yes. It's based on the, I will be with you and love you and honor and respect and all of that on the condition that you never do this or these things. And we keep adding to it every day or every week, right? Oh yeah. Don't do that either. Or something we see on TV. Don't do that. You better not do that. Oh, I'm definitely guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely guilty of that. I will see something like that better not be you. You better not. No, mm -mm, ain't going to happen. 
And so we hear mm. that and, and imagine what that does to the person who's hearing that, right? Mm. They, are, they are being told, you have to be perfect to stay with me or for this marriage to last. And even if I wasn't doing anything, thinking of doing anything, now I'm like, well, whoa, well, damn, like I can't spill no milk. I can't like bring no dirt in the house. Like I got to make sure I put the seat down every time. Like really, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it just sounds like it increases the, the pressure and less of the happiness between them because now you're trying to fit this mold that you were probably already in, but now you're afraid to make the mistake. You're afraid right. to step out the outside of the box, afraid to approach that boundary, which isn't really a comfortable place to be either. No, no, it's not. It, 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 and it does eat away at, at the relationship. And even in terms of doing something wrong, right? So, and, and the whole idea of right and wrong is something that oh, I've, I've just explored over the last few years. Um, the things that we call wrong or right are, aren't necessarily right or wrong. We just disagree with them. In, yes. many, in many cases, I don't know about all cases, but in many cases, it's wrong because I didn't like it. It's wrong yes. because I disagree. And so we can say it's wrong that now your husband or your wife um, likes, likes to eat meat when you guys were vegan or vegetarian, right? It isn't wrong or right. They are just different, you right. know? Or maybe now your husband or wife smokes, right? There are consequences for smoking, but mm -hmm. that's a choice they've made. And, and how do you navigate that now? Right. No, and that, that's funny. Uh, even though I, I joke about saying these things, I, I will be more conscientious of saying those things to my husband. But mm -hmm. I know when I've advised my girlfriends about who they're dating and whether so, certain things are acceptable in the relationship, I always say, that's a question that you have to answer for yourself. Like you have to be okay with it. Right. I don't right. have to live with it. Like whether it's drinking or smoking or staying out late or, you know, hanging out with the boys or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I don't have to live with that. So you need to see whether it's settled with your spirit on, is that okay for you in that relationship to deal with it? And um, a lot of people, a lot of my girlfriends come kind of come back like, well, you know, it's universally wrong. And I'm like, no, because there are, what you does know, that mean? you know, there are complete open relationships. There are relationships where they are together and they are best friends and they can do all these things together. But, you know, their sexual relationships are with other people. There are some people who one person has other sexual relationships while the other person doesn't. It's mm -hmm. what is comfortable for them and what can they sustain? Because ultimately you're, you're going to get hurt if you are not okay with it. Right. So, and if that's not something you're okay with, that's a different issue than right or wrong. And I, so I guess that's a long way to say, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ab absolutely. You're, and, 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 you know, even with, with, so the one, um, the one, I guess, asterisks I'll put in that is, and I was trying to have this conversation with someone the other, uh, earlier, uh, when you call it an open marriage, and maybe it's just semantics versus an open relationship, mm -hmm. I get hung up on that a little bit. 
because just simply because marriage is a, a, a contractual thing. It's a legal agreement. Yes, it is. And so it's an agreement where the terms are finite. They're described. They're not open to interpretation. They're clear. A relationship, yes. on the other hand, is a different story. So, you know, we don't have to hash that out. But I just... No, I agree. You know, if you're in a marriage, a marriage is one thing. A, a, a relationship can be a marriage and it can be something totally different. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's That completely falls in line with the idea that, you know, when you get married, it's the, the, the two people who stand in front of the courthouse or the priest or the pastor who submit their bond to each other. Right, yeah, I don't know that. August was there when the vows were being made. I don't think so. I think he was a little young at the time. (laughs) And now, so here's the thing, right? And just to beat this dead horse a little longer, if Mm -hmm. three people want to figure out how to stand before someone and do that, or four or five, that's, that's, that's one thing. Right. But in this case, that isn't what happened here. So, right. No, that that completely makes sense. Um, okay, so what else? Is there anything else that like really um, stood out to you from the the relation the partnership? Because people, you know, for me, I was watching Will um, and his facial expressions, and obviously he was not in a happy spot. And I just attributed it more to he's got a he's got a confront this issue on a national platform that he probably never had any intention on doing um, more so than any hurt feelings directly with her just Mm -hmm. having to go in front of people and talk about your business like that when they've done as a matter for the most part very well with trying to keep most of their stuff private you know there's speculation there's rumors but no one's actually said anything that they've Mm -hmm. ever had to actually address yeah, no, he definitely seemed to be uncomfortable. Yes, definitely. You know? and, and as a husband, and, and I, yeah, as, as a husband, as a man, I'll even say, I can imagine um, that inner monologue that's going on. I can just imagine um, being in that position, you know? Yes. Um, but at the same time, right? So this is this is the hard work, right? This is for them in this moment. This is how you go the distance. This is something that happened. And now we're forced to navigate it. We didn't want to do it this way. They both admit that. Right. But it's out there. And and they could have chosen, I will say this too. Well, like they could have chosen to stay quiet but yes they did not okay and so whether it was an amicable agreement or one was pressured to come out and they agreed who knows right like i say all you know yes. all we know is what we see and what we hear yes. um and and you said your background's in law and hearsay counts for nothing no nothing so, <laughs> so all we know is what we see and sometimes what we see isn't what's really happening yeah you know but that's all we have many times so he did he did appear to be uncomfortable um but but see i will say this though it was almost like 
because this didn't happen yesterday. This happened years ago. Yes. You have to know that somewhere there is a day of reckoning almost. We're going to have to talk about this or resolve this, or at some point it may, it may come out and we'll have to deal with that. So I'd like to think that perhaps there was a game plan in place. Um, maybe there was, maybe there wasn't, I don't know. Right. But, but definitely that's a unique, um, a unique situation to be in. Now, something else uh, Jada mentioned and, and she talks about pretty openly is her, um, her codependency, yes. which, which seems to be um, a contributing factor for this. Yeah. Um, Can you explain a little bit more what codependency means? Um, okay, so a, a simple, straightforward definition for codependency is when I, in a relationship, have a need for you to need me. Okay. Okay, I have this need to care for you or take care of someone, a need to be needed. Okay. All right. So, and so she talks about when she first met, um, she met August, how he needed help and physically and he needed help either with his career so she found I don't want to call him a project but she found satisfaction and validation in helping him right now clearly well again I can't uh, this is my assumption if Will was in a position where he needed her to help him like August needed her we'd be having a different conversation or no conversation at all. Yeah. We wouldn't, we probably would never find out about it. Absolutely. And it may not have, have it may not happen because she, the codependency at that point would be between husband and wife. Right. Which is and, more acceptable at least. Well, that's not, it may not be healthy. Is it, is it healthy? It may not be healthy, but it would be acceptable. It's not healthy, and but we do accept it, and in many cases we applaud it as if it's a it's the way it's to be married, you mm. know, and it's not. Yeah, I I know we had this conversation, um, my husband and I, a couple of weeks ago, where we just came to the realization that we are both very independent people, and we don't need each other, so mm-hmm. we have to figure out a way to show each other that we want each other and because we don't like we don't have that need like I've never had that person who I've never been up under him he's never been up under me um we could literally go two separate ways and people look at us crazy and I'm like no I love him you know (laughs) and you'd be okay and I'm I'm fine and so is he we're both fine and um but we where we fell short in our relationship is showing each other that we want the other person to be here. We want Mm -hmm. the other person to be our partner. Um, And so that is what we are working through um, and working on because when you are independent, it's hard to make someone else feel wanted. Well, it can on be. a regular it basis. Have to be right, you know. And, and if your husband is as independent as you say he is, he may not even need as much as you think he needs. Ah, well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we're, and, and, we're, we're 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 it's it's been fun. It's been a yeah. fun 
And that's good. It's in yeah. exploration, right? When we, yeah. a lot of people enter marriages with just so much expectation and pressure. And so as a society, we do that to people. We do it to young couples and, and we really mess, mess them up and can set them up for failure. But if people can learn to enter into a marriage to just be themselves and see we have we have some general understandings, but we're going to see what happens. We're going to just, we have a plan to move forward and see how we manage to do that, okay? Because a young marriage is not prepared for all of the heavy lifting that we put on them. Mm. That's true. They're not. And so some couples can figure out how to retool and how to, hey, say, shake off these expectations and start fresh. Okay. And it takes some time, you know, we do a few years, you said five years. Well, five years were the first time that we were able to breathe. Um, but everything came to a head last year around my birthday, which is how mm. this podcast part of the history of this podcast, I turned 40 uh, last year. Nice. And um, I kind of woke up and I'm like, this isn't really what I want. And it wasn't that I didn't want him. It mm. was just, I was unhappy. And part of that was lack of expressing anything. And I yeah. didn't know, I didn't even know what to tell him I wanted. It was just, this ain't it. That was <laughs> all I had for him. <laughs> this ain't it. I don't know what it is. Um, and so of course, therapy is what happened to help get us through for us Great. to be able to really find and communicate what it is that I want in a partner. I'm mm. still looking for what I want as a, a human being, but as a partner, I'm getting better at expressing what I want. He's getting better at expressing what he wants. Um, and then we are coming together. And like you said, spending more time just exploring. So yeah. we, we're trying different things. We got bikes. COVID has helped us get bikes. We mm -hmm. go on bike rides. Um, we're doing a lot little more like mini vacations, just overnighters, um, just to spend time alone and away from the the children and a kind of just away from the house because mm -hmm. the, just being in the house has its own burden. And I, I don't mind being home, but you know, you think about cooking and cleaning and this and that, and you know, oh, yeah. that, that your mind isn't free to enjoy the other person as much, or at least for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's difficult. And even being away from him also allows you to, to think and operate differently. Yes. Um, th hence the reason why, you know, I, I go camping as often as possible. Um, one, I don't have to think if you're okay or what do you need, but two, you also don't have to think about me. Mm. The, so the separation gives your, your mind a break of oh, yeah. the needs and wants of someone else. And then you can kind of just focus on what totally. you need. And okay. Totally, totally. And even though my wife may worry that I'll be okay when I'm out camping, I'm like, you'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, you take whatever precautions. And as soon as she gets over me leaving and am I going to be fine, then that whole process begins. Like, what am I going to do today? I don't have to worry about dinner for Jameson. I don't have to make sure he's okay. Oh, I guess I don't have to be out of bed until maybe 10 o'clock. You know right. I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, and it isn't that I need that, right? No. She does that for me when I'm around. And so we do people, we give people a gift sometimes when we remove ourselves from their space. 
they may not even realize it, but it is a gift. Huh. Never thought about that either. Well, uh, we've been talking for almost an hour now. Oh, wow. Um, nice. <laughs> so uh, I think we're at like 50 minutes. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to the discussion? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Relationships um, are complicated. Even relationships that are relatively easygoing and simple, they're complicated. And it isn't always our own doing that invites the complication, okay? And so if we can remember when we're in those situations, not to turn against each other, but towards each other, okay, then we have more of a fighting chance to, to go the distance, Okay, don't expect it to be easy. Just know that it will be complicated. And the goal, the trick, if there is one, is to figure out how to problem solve in that situation. Lovely. Uh, And that's, I know you were trying to wrap it up, but that also (laughs) makes me think... You know, this is my podcast. Um, (laughs) So one of the things that... uh, we went on a little mini vacation or kind of a staycation a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things we were in, in our discussion of kind of the issues was I realized that I would say something or do something that would hurt his feelings. And then he would step away. And then when he would step away, I would be, I would get angrier. And then, so I would say or do something that would, you know, it, it wouldn't always hurt his feelings. He's actually a very calm guy but he would just try to give me space, but his, the space that he gave me made me angrier. (laughs) So um, it would throw us in this cycle and we'd be in the cycle of just kind of not communicating, not talking, not getting over it, not getting through it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we realize is we had to turn toward each other and, you know, recognize that it's happening and then make a conscious decision that we need to come together as opposed to turning, turning away, away from each other. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, listen, yeah. when I got good, and, and even as a clinician, a, a lot of this stuff takes work, right? But I got right. to a point I can turn and say to my wife, baby, that's not a we issue. That's a you issue. Mm, okay. And at first she's like, what do you mean? And I had to say, listen, this is not about me and you. And, right. and, it can be about me and you if we go down this road, but I'm telling you, I didn't do anything. This is not about us. Something else is happening here. Mm-hmm. And so by just doing that causes, you know, her to pause and be like, huh. And, and thankfully and reflect, you know, and so she'll in return do that to me as well, you know? And so, and I'm generally one to be like, what's, what's going on here? Am I, am I seeing what's really happening or am I missing something? And so, but that's taken time. Yeah. It's taken time. And it takes a few years before we're able to confront these things and confront each other, not attack, but confront. Confront is not a, a bad word. It's right. confront the issue. You're not confronting your partner. Yeah. Yeah. So we're about a year and a half into it and we've got some work to do. We're still 
going through it, but um, it's, the four, it's all work. It's all work, but it can work. be fun. It can be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much. And please uh, give us your social media handles. Where can we find you? Where can my listeners um, find out more about you? Sure. Sure. So if you search Dr. Jameson Mercier um, on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, you'll find me. Um, it's Dr. Jameson Mercier, M-E-R-C-I-E-R. But um, the easiest way really is the website, mercierwellness.com. That talks about the practice. There's some about my wife, who's also a licensed clinical social worker. Um, the podcast, uh, Relationship Renegade, is what it's called. And so we recently did a revamp slash rebrand. Uh, you can look that up on iTunes and Google Podcasts. We have similar conversations to this, but uh, we're, you know, we try to have some fun with it. And because uh, <laughs> it, it, it should be fun. So. That's, that's what we're doing on my end. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I know it was super short notice. I just felt that, you know, looking at all of the posts on uh, social media, that there was too much talk about the entanglement part of it and less and not enough focus on what a relationship means, especially being together the length of time that they've been together right. and the fact that they are still if not solid in their relationship now, still trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're probably more solid after this than before. Yeah. yeah. That's what hardship does. Well, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Other Side of 40. You can find us at our site, theothersideof40.com and on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Other Side 40.